Hey, everyone, it is Stephen Schleicher. And before we get into this week's show, just a couple of things for you to note. Next week in the United States, it is Thanksgiving. Uh, For those who celebrate, we certainly celebrate that here at Major Spoilers HQ. Everybody is off. Everybody is enjoying the holidays. And we also believe that you also should take a little break as well, wherever you are in the world. So a heads up, the November 26th episode of Critical Hit, There's no release that weekend just because it is the holiday. Critical Hit will return on December 3rd. There will be no Critical Hit episodes December 24th, that's Christmas Eve, and December 31st, uh, New Year's Eve. Again, holidays. So we're going to take some breaks, just letting everyone be aware of those things that are coming up. Nothing to worry about. Things are going fine. We are definitely in the closing the closing stages of Drifters, and it's getting kind of scary. We're about uh, seven or eight episodes ahead of this episode that you're about to listen to as far as our recordings go. And, ooh, Kevin is doing some crazy stuff. But you don't want to hear about that instead. Before we get into this week's game, I want to tell you that we've partnered with Metallic Dice Games. They're purveyors of quality dice and dice accessories to offer an exclusive discount to any one of more than 300 options on their site. All you need to do, follow the link in the description and use our discount code PODCAST10, that's PODCAST10, for 10% off any new additions to your dice hoard. And man, they've got some really cool ones. If you are a fan of the Critical Hit logo, the red die on the blue background, I would check out their red metal dice that they have because it's a spit image of our logo. And you can pick that up for a great price. And they get 10% discount on top of that by using the code PODCAST10 at checkout. Portion of your purchase comes back to us. That's right. A little portion of that purchase comes back to us. That's how an affiliate link works. And that helps support this show. So what are you waiting for? Go check out Metallic Dice Games. Use the link in the show notes. Go check out those red metal dice or the other red die that they have available for you or anything. They've got some really cool liquid dice as well. Go check them out. Metallic Dice Games. Games, thank you, everybody, for your support. Welcome to Critical Hit, a Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. Major reveal, Kevin. Major reveal. I think uh, that, you know, when when Archon Eon Souljet bared his soul to you guys last time on critical hit critical hit. uh he made a really compelling case um and i now expect that team lizard brain will join the abadar corp family i mean sure Sure. thanks everyone it's been a joy running uh drifters uh, we'll we'll join it like a uh kidney stone joins your system you have to squeeze really hard to get rid of it. <laughs> it does a lot yeah, of damage so, on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that so, is a raison right there. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the previous session, you guys... <laughs> no! You said previous. Previous the... is a synonym for last. Uh, last time on Critical Hit? Uh, yeah, so you guys were 
uh, still on Absalom Station uh, after you had walked out of the Archon's private quarters, um, security and whatnot. Uh, but you had left something behind. Isn't that right, Skritik? Mm-hmm. <laughs> left a little something extra in a couch. Lack of cushions. Typical. Uh, so yeah, you guys are walking down the streets of Absalom Station. The world is your oyster. Uh, Hecubino will, as we're walking, be like, okay, uh, everything that was given to them to hold needs to be checked. Software and hardware. Yeah. Okay. Smart. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Want to, you know, get a booth uh, somewhere we can sit and take care of that, as opposed to just doing it on the streets or back in Squeak Clean. Yeah, where did we park the Squeak Clean? And then, like, a nice dock, like a way nicer dock than we normally would. Yeah, lot A. But not, uh, not one that they have access to. I mean, what don't they have access to? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's the problem. Which is a, that, you know, that's a good point. We need to check the squeaky clean as well. I mean, the good as news in, is that if anyone tries to get on the squeaky clean, they've got a lot of surprises waiting for them. <laughs> right. You guys yeah, can pick do. up uh, coffees from lot A lattes. <laughs> nice. uh, really? Very really. Cool. Uh, so are you making your way back to the squeaky clean, or are you guys doing something else while you're in station? I think we were going to go maybe it's like to a bar or something so we can like or check all of our stuff. Yeah, we need the, the seediest bar with the uh, best uh, like shielding where you can do things that may or may not be above board. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a few people who've spent some time on Absalon Station in the group party, uh, specifically Hecubino, Vangi, and Skritik. So, uh, Hecubino and Vangi, I believe you guys had spent some time staying in the Spire, uh, which is kind of, you know, a a working class to lower class um, part of the station. We'll we'll head in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, does anyone take any special precautions en route? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll keep an eye out for a tail. Keep yeah. an eye out for a tail. Critic yeah, I, I run all my uh, Wi-Fi uh, stuff through a VPN. <laughs> nice. Critic yeah. and Vengi both have tails. <laughs> that 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 is true. Um. Well, uh, something you perhaps weren't expecting, Hecubino, but you do notice while you're on the lookout, is uh, you guys start drawing attention. Mm. Uh, you, you draw a fair bit of attention on Absalom Station wherever you go at this point, specifically Hecubino, and then the six of you as a group draw a lot of attention. It's almost like everybody's giving a, a fame bonus to each other. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I think both the Hecubino and I have specific, uh, what's called, themes that attract attention. Yep. And as I was going to say, uh, Sam Vangi is noticed um, more by the, like, kind of rough and tumble parts mm. uh, people who you encounter more of as you go to the seedier neighborhoods. If you're trying to be incognito, you're currently failing. 
because you have fame-related class features and are <laughs> Infosphere famous. Well, then we need to go somewhere where people are too hoity-toity to have ever watched Drifters. No, we'll be all right. We just need to uh, find a place, get a seat, deal yeah. with the locals a little bit, and... Yeah, and then you guys can uh, check our stuff, make sure it's not full of bugs. In yeah. general, uh, what kind of place are you looking for, and how would you approach dealing with the locals there? Um, looking for, like, a spacer bar. Nice. Like, for, <laughs> like... People that are just hauling stuff from packed world to pack world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just uh, something with a booth and, uh, you know, relatively cheap beer. And then we'll, like, if we can find a place, we'll get set up in the booth. Bangy and I will be at the ends and we'll be keeping attention away from everybody else as they check stuff. Um, and then if like, if we just absolutely cannot stop the torrent of fans will basically recruit a bouncer from the bar and just be like, Hey, here's, you know, a hundred credits. Can you, can you do a little bit of crowd control so we can talk? Yeah. Um, I was wrong. It's not called the spire. It's called the spike, but okay. similar enough. Um, and yeah, uh, you can um i think that that's a a pretty uh persuasive mechanism credits definitely seem to help uh here um as people don't have a whole lot of them but um if you have a skill check you want to make something social bluff diplomacy sure. something like that I'll, I'll allow intimidate or or culture kind of depends okay. on what you're doing uh let's go with uh, let's go with bluff because I want everybody to leave the leave the situation feeling good about themselves and not realize that they've been shooed away. Sure. Uh, I got a nine, uh, nat one. Uh, total of fifteen. All right. Um, so uh, Hecubino is to everyone else. He seems to be playing coy with the fans. Which does not dissuade them. <laughs> oh, guys, come on. Just, no, just no. You uh, go. Yeah, no. Yep. Yeah. I, I, after, uh, after those interactions, uh, after being around uh, Soul Jet, Hecubino is in his own head, and there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on in there, so it's distracting. Does anybody come to bail him out? I would like to try a culture tech culture check to do so. Sure. What are you attempting to do? Uh, no, using my active knowledge of the local culture, uh, to just kind of convince people that you know, or g give people what they want. Sure. So as they are willing to pass past us at this point, like okay. Sounds Here's good. the interaction that's, yeah, a 19? Yeah. Uh, that's certainly good enough. Um, it Since you've attracted a little bit of a crowd, it might behoove you guys to give some like signatures and selfies 
uh, with some people and then be like, okay, that like after you've done a little bit of it, everyone kind of understands like you're, you you know, there is a social contract that you're not going to stand out here for a half hour doing that, that you can do that for five or 10 minutes and then move on with your night. And Vengi will happily um, kind of tank that situation, like flexing and posing for pictures and signing things. Though um, a uh, scrappy little Yosoki with uh, what seems to be an animate earth elemental lizard uh, following him around uh, does uh, escape your notice, Vangi, and goes and approaches uh, Skritik to uh, get a, a selfie with him. Hey, little guy. <laughs> You're my favorite. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, what's that thing? Uh, the... Picks up the, the ooh, heavy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He's kind of magic, but he follows me around. Oh, that's real neat. Awesome. Hey, how about we all get a picture? Yay. (laughs) Smile, Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, assuming everybody goes along with that for a little bit, uh, then in a uh, spacer bar, um, uh, you guys all have, um, you know, kind of a back corner to yourself by paying off the the bouncer. um, And you can you know, kind of spot the, the, anybody who would approach you from uh, a little ways away. Um, And if you uh, keep your voices to yourselves, uh, then, you know, it's likely people wouldn't be able to overhear you. Um, Also, you know, you can probably, there's like a table, there's plenty of room for you. um, But uh, there's enough space where you could lay things out and start doing some investigation. All right, everyone blasters and boots and whatever else we turned in all right montage you guys investigate (laughs) the stuff uh so let's just go around the circle and say what you do to investigate it i don't need a skill check i just want a description um so if anyone wants to go first they can take it away yeah bob will uh use all of his uh techno gear computer knowledge and look at all the electronics and scan them for any weird codes or any uh, signals coming off them that shouldn't be shouldn't be coming off of them. Okay. I feel like Skritic basically uh, field strips all firearms and reassembles them to make sure there's no extra components or anything. Yeah. Nice. That's totally reasonable. Quentin passes them through uh, a convenient opening in the front of his hull, X-raying and uh, magnetic resonance imaging. And then if anything comes up weird, he disassembles it with a series of little robot hands that go. Cool. Uh, Amu will disassemble anything that was mechanical. Uh, Anything chemical or biological uh, will be set aside and put in a temp safe storage. So as it can be uh, examined when a full lab is available. Uh, you could probably use your portable lab to scan it. The one you carry around with you, the life science-y one, uh, the biohacker okay. one. Yeah. The one that's literally attached to your, your shell. Yeah. Um, at least one of the androids got some goop uh, put on them to to stop their weapons from firing. So That's true. Analyzing that would probably be good. 
Uh, yep. Hecubine is just going to, or he, like, uh, will kind of uh, use his ability to detect magic to look for anything that shouldn't be there. I'm sure plenty of, at least some of these weapons are partially magical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just you know, there's there's a difference between like this is a this is a lightning gun, and there's like a little uh, etched like rock that glows with runes and you know presumably like here's a tiny little demon guy that's like snitching on you or you know something similar or like a curse that makes things not fire or whatever yep that sounds good that would yep i i I know exactly what you're trying for there and vangi um then he starts by like you know helping um like kind of supervise the other uh like work that's being done to put things apart especially when it comes to the weapons but then eventually just like gets bored with this whole thing and pulls out her data pad and just takes the opportunity to like scan for um information while we're here on like what's going on with drifters and the race and what people are saying about us okay uh all right so uh we'll go ahead and make uh, one skill check each. Vanky, you can choose to assist somebody um, with like a computers or engineering check. Uh, one of the people making those checks. Uh, Hecubino, that'll be mysticism. Amu, I would think if you want to scan people or like the chemical residues and stuff, that'll be life science. Uh, Skritic, I would allow survival or engineering. Um, Bob and Quentin, your checks are computers or engineering. And then, uh, Vangi, you can choose to assist anyone making a computers or engineering check. I'll make a engineering check. I do not know who player oh, location. Oh, sorry, that's me. Is. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> I don't know why it switched to that instead of Bob, but yeah. That's oh, it does say Do you to do survival? I'll do survival. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then I just need a check from Quentin. Yeah, I can't get my character sheet to open, and I'm trying to figure out what my computer's bonus is. I hate everything. I had it open, then it went away. Now I hate everything again. Hang on, one moment, please. (laughs) There it is. Standing by. Stand by. Nice leader, standing by. Well, your your checks are all fantastic. Um, so, uh. Especially Hecubino. Yeah. yeah, I've I've uh, <laughs> I've evened out um, as far as the uh, probability. <laughs> nat ones and nat twenties. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, the short version is: Oh yeah, they loaded your stuff up with tons of mal- like spyware and little hidden trackers mm-hmm. and um, basically like microphones. Uh, interstellar alarm spells um yeah yeah they 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 clearly took the opportunity to um but your your thorough like collectively you're all so good at what you're doing um because you know the with the assist i think the low roll here is a 29 or a 31 depending on or i guess a 30 it's re- like you you guys are are crushing this um so it's one of those things where either you're all confident enough that like not everyone in the group uh simultaneously botched um to know it's like oh i can tell that these other people know what they're doing 
Um, you know, it's a little tough to tell what Hecubino is doing if you're not familiar with it, but, uh, but it all kind of lines up such that after a thorough couple of hours of disassembling and reassembling everything, uh, you can have removed all the trackers, dispelled all the curses, and um, uh, put your stuff back together again uh, as it was. Okay. Yeah, we get sabotaged a lot, so we're we've got this yeah. down to a science. <laughs> Sabotage, sabotaged. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Um, and similarly, um, I'll go ahead and abstract things a little bit to save us some time. But when you get back to uh, the squeaky clean, um, Grace has kept painstaking records of like everything that was done and everywhere anyone has been. And like she spun off like a sub process of herself just to track time so that she would know if she lost any time. And um, that leads to a brief merge where um, for a, a short period of time, uh, Grace gets obsessed with punctuality. Um, <laughs> but uh, and she asked, like, where were you and that she expected you, you know, uh, 16 minutes and 37 seconds ago. <laughs> uh but um you you similarly do a check of the squeaky clean um because they couldn't board it you know people did try to board and grace refused and then they used like the overrides and then they used like some cloaking device so that people couldn't tell where they were but then they quickly retreated um so uh it does not appear like anyone successfully got on board Nonetheless, you go back and like review footage and stuff like that, and maybe even do some animal interviews with your your compatriots. <laughs> um, I mean, Gordo can kind of talk. Um, so, uh, and uh, they try to bolt some stuff on or sneak some stuff into your landing gear, that kind of thing. But uh, you are are pretty confident you can remove it all as well. All right. Okay. Yep. We go through that process as well. Yeah, by now, you know, it's been like, call it four, five hours since you talked to the Archon. You probably mm -hmm. got some grub while you were, um, sure, you know, disassembling your, your stuff. Um, so, uh, but it's, I, I don't know, it's up to you guys how you feel, but I would imagine all of this, like, vigilance, um, it combined Ed with wears you out. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let's let's get out into orbit, and we are meeting someone. I'm Sala. Sala. Right? Yep. Yep. We also I'm need Sala. to connect with the android abolitionists. Yeah. So I'm Sala. As a reminder for everybody, is Rain's old friend. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, she is a former drifter racer herself, though not on the show, um, like an old school uh, drifter. Yeah. And uh, she can usually be found in the diaspora, um, you know, associating with uh, ne'er-do-wells on her ship, the Virago, a bright red, fast, custom-modded racing ship. Mm -hmm. okay. And then at the, the Android Abolitionist front, 
your primary contact there was Zoe, uh, and she is on the asteroid Chainbreaker 1, uh, which you... Uh, which we don't have, like, coordinates for, because last time they put bags over our heads and spun us around. <laughs> yep. I like to imagine that Zoe is spelled 203. I think it is, actually. Yeah. I did do that intentionally when, when <laughs> making that character. Speak. You did that intentionally after uh, you asked Stephen what his character name was, and he turned in an error code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. Pulled up my notes. Her name is 203, but she goes by Zoe. That's fine. Uh, so, um, you guys can successfully get into like the, the uh, cloud of ships that surround um, uh, Absalom Station at all times. Uh, which just briefly reminds you of Ian Soljet's uh, little rant about how, you know, he has to pay extra to get the special view that isn't clouded by ships. Mm. Yeah. All like, right. Ah, I see what that guy was saying. <laughs> Made a lot of yeah. really good points. <laughs> once we are, uh, once we're up, Hagibino uh, will say, "All right, uh, let's get some rest." Then let's head out to the diaspora, since that's pretty much where everything we need to take care of now is. Sounds reasonable. Mm. Acknowledged. So yeah, you guys rest. Um, Bob, are you setting in the the coordinates uh, to start traveling now, or are you just going to wait and sleep I here? Will, and... No, I'm going to go ahead and start programming in uh, diaspora destinations and let uh, Grace do some autopiloting. Just sleep in your chair. Eh, you know. I can sleep anywhere. You, you know. What what yeah. time should I wake you all up? Uh I need a I need to check my system, so three hours. Alright, I'll wake you up in three hours. Starting now. And for the rest of you? Uh so I like guess one. eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Eight hours. Starting now. <laughs> okay. She 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 meticulously sets timers for everything, um, okay. and and gives you. She also pulls up a, a clock with a countdown of when you'll arrive at um at the diaspora. Okay, I'll uh I'll go over to Bob and I'll whisper if you get a chance, defrag yeah. Grace. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then Hakubino will go to sleep. For exactly seven hours and 53 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Cool. Yeah, you guys can all rest. Um, it doesn't seem like, you know, there, there's no secret attacks. You guys aren't, uh, uh, I don't know, targeted. That's by exactly what someone targeting us with bounty hunters and a secret <laughs> attack would say. Uh, well, you, you, if you rest, you wake up or come out of trance or stasis or whatever um i you know how does how does amu rest in shifts what does that mean uh no no given there's there's just chunks of amu left sleep at any given time his leg falls asleep it gets all tingly literally oh the pancreas was the first thing to go 
when they the the collective coral established intelligence they're just like ah we don't need a pancreas <laughs> um all right so uh you rest you do diagnostics on grace she's fine uh and you guys can get to the diaspora um if you want to have any conversations on the way feel free but otherwise you're there uh, i i think i'm good for now we'll let everybody digest what's been happening before we start talking about our plans plus whatever uh whatever we're told here could ch also change our plans yeah. yes um so there's a couple of places you guys can go um for information uh so uh you you do have a way of contacting uh the the android abolitionist front um they have some you know one use code places you can post on the infosphere that are probably patrolled by their special triune powered infosphere spider bots um and uh and send them a signal that you want to meet that way uh plus uh amsala is usually not hard to find unfortunately the bar that she recommended last time had was blown up yeah uh, so, um, however you find that in the exact location of that bar, there is a replacement bar that has been spun together in the past few weeks, uh, called Castaways 2. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then, uh, you also know, uh, some dwarves at the Star Citadel, uh, Hare Hod, uh, Brenson, Sirius, and Duthane, who um, are just friends that you know and uh, can can guide you around, maybe help you find Amsala if you need to. Yeah. So, yeah. What do so you yeah, guys we'll, do? We'll leave, we'll leave a message for the abolitionists because we don't know how long that'll take, like it'll, how long it'll take them to receive the message and decide that they want to see us. Um, so... We'll leave that, and then we'll go see. Yeah, let's go see the dwarves and see if they can, if they know where Amsala's uh, ship is hanging out nowadays. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, you leave the message. That's no problem. And uh, you can calm the the dwarves. Um, and they're actually hanging out in um, uh, Castaways too, with Amsala. Oh, convenient. It's a party. Hey, guys. Yeah, we became friends after you left. Glad, glad to hear it. I mean, that works. Most of us became friends after you guys left the first time around. Yeah, it's true. Oh, taking us way back. Mm-hmm. It's a coincidences. Yay. Well, you guys mind if we join you? Oh, of course not. Hey, everybody. Nice to see you all again. Amsala give, gives you a uh, a recognizable grin um, that uh, always looks like she's on, in on a particular joke or maybe that she just has a particularly funny inner monologue. And uh, she is dressed similarly to, to how you saw her last time. The, the details are different, but it's, again, kind of like overalls in like blue and purple and and uh neon pink 
with carabiners and tools and um you know she she's cleaned up so you can tell exactly where she washes her hand up to which is like above the wrist but then Mm -hmm. above that there's like oil and stuff like that um and she she gestures for you guys to join them and like i don't know winks at vangi when she sits so i'm uh i'm happy to see you yeah good to be seen uh, I have found something. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yes, and I'd like to share it with you. But is there anything that I should know? Uh, um. Leon Soljet just tried to buy us. He is a very wealthy man, is he not? Yeah. Yep. He's uh, he's literally richer than God. <laughs> huh. I don't get it, but okay. Um, well, <laughs> I, I'm assuming since you're here, you're not bought. So that's cool. There are more important things than money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like good friends. And uh, there's now a round of uh, dwarven uh ale ah here hey uh, this stuff's dangerous ah it was uh it was rain's favorite actually she would make special trips uh to star citadels to load up oh. anyway uh so uh there's the postcards the photographs right in the boxes yeah. mm-hmm. did she hide something there? well uh that is what i think yes um i almost all of them i could just recognize at a glance i just knew exactly what it was and but then there were a few that i couldn't and those made me curious so i tried to look up those locations um you know uh, image searches on the infosphere uh stellar cartography those sorts of things and i couldn't pinpoint them easily uh so that made me more curious so i uh ran a chemical analysis on the cards and those ones appeared to have been uh altered to appear aged even though they're actually all new within the past couple of months so then then i ran an analysis on all of the cards just to be sure i didn't miss anything and that was a good thing i did because i did miss one there was one extra one that i do recognize uh, that was also one of these fake aged cards. So she was definitely up to something, and I think I found out what. And she pulls out these cards, and she flips them over. Uh, on the back, there are these drawings uh, that only show up under the chemical analysis, but they still, as you can tell, look like doodles, um, although a, a careful mind uh, will see that they're actually uh, stellar coordinates. Um, and you guys can see in the doodles, it's like, oh, yeah, that's now that you have been pointed out. It's yeah, like, yeah, told. you could. Yep. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's not just one set, but several in a sequence, uh, which I interpret as a path for us to follow. Uh, maybe a treasure map. Um, 
Most of them don't line up in a, a way that makes sense to me or the computers yet, but the first one is something I recognize, and that's why, I mean, at first it makes sense based off of these, like she can kind of line up the um, the postcards together on the table, and they literally physically line up such mm -hmm. that you can tell there's like a path. Um, but it makes sense that this is the first one because it's the only one I know how to get to. Sure. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's what I got. Oh, that's great. Maybe we can find out. I mean, if we can find out anything else of what Rain was working on, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it tracks with the whole thing with like the drifters' data was under intense lock and key. Um, they they almost got Quentin with a possessing demon when he tried to break into it. So uh, there might be something that uh, Extreme Infosphere is hiding. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if nothing else, like just with the offers that we were made, I think that's where uh, Extreme Infosphere slash Eon Souljet get their bruisers from. Like their leg breakers and uh, and heavies. Yeah, it definitely seems like from what our brief contact with Team Electrum that they have been employed to do some very unsavory stuff. Mm. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. You you that there's kind of a uh, a crucible of uh, of turning people into ruthless, you know, killing machines. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we should leave some of this with you in case we die, because we've got some pretty relevant information. Yeah. Are we all gonna are we all gonna chase these down together? Uh, I'm certainly not uh, going to uh, let you do this last uh, drift race uh, alone. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go along, together. too. Thanks for wow. the invite, Hectorbino. Oh, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> one more round for my guys let's sing a song oh the pipe pathfinder the pathfinder he got onto his galleon to search for los galarion but then somewhere out there he died <laughs> and, died. and died i died i love the ending of that song yeah pathfinders who needs them uh, well, um, we can be ready to go whenever, whenever you're ready. Uh, so if there's anything else you need to do, I suggest you do it. Oh, look at that. The, uh, Android abolitionist front has gotten back to you with, uh, direction <laughs> of, of how to get to a, a safe place where they'll pick you up with a shuttle. Yep. Okay. We gotta, See we gotta some turn people in on a couch. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> right. But uh, we'll meet you guys, uh, say, uh, right outside of, basically right in orbit of this rock. Um, we'll let you know. It, it's not going to take long. Great. I'll, I'll be uh, waiting. Okay. So you guys go to the coordinates, and the there are androids who, who you know, uh, are there to pick you up with a shuttle. They seem to take a fewer, a little bit 
less of a precaution. You know, they they do drive away and or fly away and and uh, find a couple of asteroids to like slingshot around and scramp and you know there's no easy uh view of the stars or anything like that from within the shuttle so theoretically um you are uh, still don't know where chain breaker one is but they're certainly doing it a bit faster this time and you don't wear like blindfolds or anything like that right well that's good and uh yeah you you can uh set down on uh Chainbreaker one, you know, it's uh it's pretty small. Um there's those like holographic illusion projectors that you have to fly through uh before you even see the the base itself. And then um the uh you know primarily but not exclusively uh androids uh, in the uh AAF are all there um and it's kind of like a big hangar bay but there's also uh, like social media uh, kind of marketing influencer seminars going on in the back um, mm-hmm. because they, they <laughs> you know, constantly do that to, to kind of promote the fight. And yeah. uh, quickly, uh, Zoe approaches. Um, so she's your, your main contact uh, from uh, last time. And uh, she's got, <laughs> I know, uh, silver skin. Uh, with turquoise light stripes on her face and hands, and her hair is like fiber optic cables that change color um, from purple to pink to green to bright blue. Um, vacuum suit, little pockets, carabiners, heavy grab boots, definitely someone who's there to take care of business. Uh, and she is uh, pretty excited Um as she's obviously waiting for you guys when uh, the shuttle opens up and uh, she will kind of run towards Bob. And uh, like, as I'm about to start talking, um, she is running forward and like going to hug you. Uh, Oh, uh, Bob, you did good work. I'm impressed. Uh, Tell us all how it went down. It was was a, a, huh? It was a very, um, a dangerous uh, mission. We were there, and uh, everybody played their part in uh, in in doing it. Really, we need to be thanking Skritic for doing the actual, uh, you know, smuggling in of the devices and plugging it in. But uh, everybody played a part in making sure that uh, that uh, that the mission was going to be accomplished successfully. Well, uh, you're you're going to have to give me more detail than that, but. Um... Uh, the, the, a bunch of androids are, are there and there's like some excited um, murmuring going on. Um, yeah, you, you guys are certainly kind of, she's kind of guiding you to uh, a little area. That's uh, kind of a secure room um, where you can talk uh, though. It does seem from just what you're able to overhear that your mission is now at least common knowledge here um, uh, amongst uh, like the engineers and, and the, the staff and, um, a couple, actually, as you start walking by, several of them just start clapping. Oh, wave. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, Skritic, uh, good work on, uh, on recruiting the, the Nanite Collective Intelligence to the cause. Oh, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, <laughs> I Wait, saw you an opportunity uh, they prefer to be called Chesterfield or Chester for short. 
Oh. Ah. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I can really take credit for that. I feel like that was uh, largely their own uh, <clears throat> initiative. Yeah. So. Yeah, they seem they seem pretty uh, pretty open to the to the message. Um, we just uh, we just put the thumb drive between the cushions. The cushions had to choose to accept it. <laughs> I mean, that's more accurate than anything. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're all really excited. We've we've had access to bits and pieces of this before in testimony from insiders, but but not the raw data. It's exhilarating. We're going to advance the cause for the Android freedom more in the next few days than the past decade. All our coding and patience is going to pay off our loans. Well, <laughs> I mean, a little bit less pay and more eradicate any existence of. We're not asking for forgiveness. We're reclaiming what's rightfully ours. Right yeah. on. That's nice. Respect. But uh, yeah, Chester did warn us about the security protocols that they know about, which are pretty intense. And I'm sure that there's some that they don't know about either. Uh, regardless, uh, we're only likely to get one shot before new protocols are put up and they do a, a really thorough scan of everything. Uh, so, so far we're not doing anything rash, um, yet. Uh, we, we have our, our mind on the inside, um, a little bit less of what you might think of as a, a typical virus and more of a presence uh, that can move around the network, which is really, really good because it can, it doesn't really leave any evidence of itself. Um, mm. uh, you have to kind of quarantine everything down and, and really pin it down to, to stop it. Um, but uh, the downside is it isn't everywhere at once, if that makes sense. Um, sure. So, Yeah. What do you guys have in mind? Yeah, so we were thinking of maybe doing some sort of, um, well, kind of political statement, let's say, during the final race. And we want to make sure that they don't just cut to commercial. Yeah. All right. We can start planning something about that. Um, We've got our own uh, ideas um, that we've been cooking up for for quite some time. but. Uh, we will start gathering some information for it um, and kind of prepping that. And then uh, the other thing is we'll, we'll start thinking about how we can secure a broadcast for you. Right. I think uh, Quentin might have some footage that could be uh, of use in that broadcast. Yeah, I think so. Great. I have extensive footage. Um, the other thing is, I don't know if you've got, data on this so last time we had our ship uh maintained by um extreme info spears they put stuff on it that wasn't supposed to be there my prediction is that they're going to do the same thing before the next race to probably us and the team electrum and if we can prove that that might be really helpful if you guys have some time we could do diagnostics of the squeaky clean and get everything measured down to the micron and milligram and uh you know be able to maybe build in some some independent safeguards um that can tell you what's been installed 
Well, that sounds pretty useful. I mean, that would be great. Yeah, if you guys have if you guys have the time. How long would that take? Well, we've been thinking that we might have to do something like this for a little while, and I don't think there's going to be any shortage of volunteers. She gestures towards the hangar bay. Great. Well, we're about to go on a treasure hunt, so we could do that. Well, hmm? When you get back? Yeah. All right. Uh, she um, elbows uh, Bob in the side and kind of grins up at him and says, it's a date. Yeah, definitely a date. Uh, Looking forward ad- to it. She adjusts your um, your cap. No, oh, thank you. Oh. I like how that looks. Oh. I look in. I look in Quentin's uh, shiny dome. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll, back uh, in the shuttle. Yeah, we'll we'll leave a leave a message on the pet spider forum for you guys when we're ready. The message will say, "Don't stand so close to me" is the best police song. Uh, then, uh, unless you guys want to do anything else here on Chainbreaker One, I'm going to assume you're all back on this, you know, shuttle back to the squeaky clean and go meet up with Amsala and the dwarfs. Uh, you know, nothing. Nothing besides walk around the entire thing, check every trash can and box, see if there are items. <laughs> Smash in there. all the pots. Talk, <laughs> talk to literally every single person. Yeah, see if they so have they any for anybody who has dialogue. an asterisk above their head, so mm-hmm, that we can mm-hmm. have hundred percent completion. Check out if there's anything new with the uh, vendors. Yep. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> all right, we'll do that next time on critical hit. <laughs> on critical hit. I wondered if that was going to trigger it. There are no rules. It's just chaos. No, no, don't, don't try. Don't try to change your behavior around it. It's smart and it's hungry. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and its movement is based on vision. Yeah. All right. So uh, when you get back to uh, the orbit around um, uh, whatever diaspora asteroid has castaways two on it, uh, there's Amsala in the Virago, Brenton, Sirius, and Duthane in the Hook Hand, which is a light transport with a giant hook for snaring space debris or, or maybe doing space mining. Um, and then uh, there's also the Kasatha that you uh, recognize um, oh, yeah. from uh, Amsala's bodyguard. Uh, yeah. I assume uh, that he was in the bar and just like invisible. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, he he was, if you recall, like I don't think he said a word mm-hmm. uh, last time, and he was very quiet and uh, you know seemingly deadly. Um, he has his own ship uh, called the Vanserai, which is a nondescript Idaran-made heavy freighter. Um, but uh, you suspect it's probably you know carrying either a lot of weapons or an assault team of Kasathan commandos, something like that. Who knows? Something nasty for, for Vangi in particular, you remember, were you in the scene with him? Mm-hmm. He, she was not. They, she was in the team that went to the, to extreme infosphere. Oh so it was yeah, just, that's true. Right. It Cause was we were like, that he was going to try to kill us and, uh, or kill you guys. And that I wasn't going to be there. 
Yeah, and <laughs> the other team was me, Skritic, and Amu. 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 Yeah, that's a right. stealth team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we can just hide behind Amu's shell. Nobody will ever find us here. Uh, Actually. and well, in any case, Venge, I guess meeting Santanax for the first time, um, you definitely get that, and Skritic. You had this this sense before, probably, of um, someone who is uh, a lot deadlier than they let on. Mm. If anything, he reminds you a little bit of Skritic in that regard. I mean, Hecubino definitely talked to everyone about it, mostly because he was, like, absolutely charmed by the idea of postcards. <laughs> <laughs> like, he definitely led with that and then was like, oh, yeah, and also there might be a message in them, and we saw him Sala, and she's... Has her own Skritic, except he's not a Yasoki. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, well, everybody ready? Says mm-hmm. so I'm solid. Yeah. I'm excited. Haven't gone on a, on a race for some time. Let's see if you all can keep up. And she guns it. <laughs> Bob follows suit. Yeah. Um, so uh, she she does some unnecessary in the the unnecessary by certain standards, but definitely necessary by her standards. Uh, fancy maneuvers and uh, doesn't fly in a straight line to uh, where you guys are going. Um, but eventually you have to put in some uh, the, the coordinates for uh, a uh, small drift jump. It shouldn't take more than a few hours. Um, and, uh, to, to the first set of coordinates, uh, everyone's, uh, jumping together. You somehow all enter that same like drift space pod where it's like, even though you're all traveling faster than the speed of light, you're somehow all like next to each other, (laughs) you know, like a warp tunnel Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, Brenson, Sirius and Duthane. Uh, Attorneys at law. Are, all right, all right. Take it easy, okay? Um, they uh, provide a lot of, you know, fun stories. Um, evidently, uh, you know, mining on a uh, dwarven star citadel is a quite adventurous life. And then they also show you pictures of their grandkids. Oh. <laughs> And uh, Sothenex says nothing um, and drinks water. Uh, Amsala is happy to to hang out and chill and chat for a few hours. Um, and uh, but she, she's clearly full of some some nervous energy. Um, and then uh, as you exit uh, drift space, um, you are at a what what. Uh, um, Sala will introduce to you as a Dyson Swarm Stellar Engine. Oh. And I will show you a picture of it. Um, and for those of you with, uh, so if you go to Roll20, you will now see a picture of it. Ooh. Nice. That's nifty. Uh, so, uh, Amsala, or those of you with, for instance, um, 
physical science. Uh, so I know that's Amu. Um, would know that uh, this is named for the great gnomish physicist Dyson Wobblebomb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, a megastructure surrounding a star. So Dyson Wobblebomb didn't make this. They, they, they just, just theorized it. it. They just theorized it, exactly. Um, uh, technically, uh, this is hundreds of orbiting space stations that all move in perfect synchronicity uh, with one another around a star. So, you know, think of, you know, somewhere in the back of your minds, you're also familiar with Dyson Wobblebonk's other concept of a Dyson sphere. This is that, except it's a swarm of uh, panels instead of a full sphere. Um, so there's lots of open space um, and it takes a lot less material to, to make a, a Dyson swarm uh, than a sphere. Uh, so, uh, this particular one clearly dates to before the gap, um, and all the orbiting stations, they don't, they, they, first of all, none of it matches a known, uh, intelligent species, uh, their, their design or their technology patterns. It's, it's some relic, um, but they all have these massive solar panels that are probably absorbing all manner of radiation from the star within and then, uh, as you can tell, they are funneling that energy towards uh, one specific area in the the swarm, um, and you know that they're using the energy both for their own maintenance and power and stuff like that, but also putting it towards a central stellar engine. Uh, again, a, another concept that was theorized, which is that what if you could build all those um, you know, uh, basically a, a capture the power of a star, what could you use that energy to power? And it looks something like this, uh, which is a special, uh, one of these space stations that is coruscating in stellar radiation that almost makes it look like it's on fire in a, a beautiful multicolored blue to yellow orange red spectrum um it must clearly be have all sorts of special shielding to be able to withstand that kind of radiation uh, but it does look like it has a docking pad on it beautiful oh, oh. well all right i mean here we go yeah uh, so, with that, um, we're going to start a bit of a skill challenge. Oh, boy. So, could everyone please roll initiative for me? Just go ahead and shout it out once you roll it. So that 16.4 or 0. .04. <laughs> 20. 17. I got 22. an 18 on the die. And I super forgot where initiative was on this sheet. Also 17? All right. Right. You're 17 fast, Critic. Amu is 17 slow. <laughs> okay. Mine's right oh, there under the there description. Another botch. Yay, at least hey. it's just on initiative. That's okay. Back and forth, back and forth. Uh, so then it'll go Vangi. Actually, I'm sorry, Quentin, then Vangi, then Skritic, then Amu, then Bob, then Hecubino in the rear. 
Uh, so, a um, couple of things. Uh, so for this uh, skill challenge, um, you have to, there's, there's a few problems that you kind of have to solve. Uh, you need to successfully dock with it. Um, and then you're also going to need to uh, make uh, several checks at how to operate um, this this device. Uh, and uh, there's um, a time limit on it, you can tell, because while this thing has intense uh, radiation protection, the amount of cosmic energy uh, that is just incidentally passing by here could cause uh, permanent damage to the ship or yourselves if you stay too long. Got it. Uh, so, Quentin, why don't you take it away and describe what kind of action you're doing uh, to to assist in uh, powering up the stellar engine or docking the ship or anything like that. So the dock is probably not uh, configured for the squeaky clean. And of course, Bob is piloting uh, basically into a giant stellar engine and may not be able to reach all the things he might need in order to configure our external uh, docking port hatches and, and uh, you know, cannulas in order to interface with this system. So Quentin is going to like literally be hovering kind of upside down and sideways in midair between three different panels, trying to punch on each of them equally at the same time so that he's like punching here and punching there and punching there as Bob needs assistance as we're trying to, you know, dock with this weird, uh, terrible thing beyond space. It's, it's a terribly acrobatic display with arms and, and spheres everywhere, he said. Uh, I will certainly, so you seem to be intending to help Bob dock the ship, which is mm -hmm. totally fine by me. So then you can use acrobatics to mm -hmm. assist. Yes, that is my plan. Okay. Sounds glad good. we're on, glad we're on the same, same wavelength. Go ahead and make your check. Um, Thank one you. thing is just to, to kind of clarify, um, mm -hmm. there's, you're in like this, you can kind of, uh, land and you can all, uh, you'll, you'll, um, have put on uh, spacesuits while you were in uh, in drift space. Um, probably, probably a good idea too. <laughs> um, the radiation protection alone. Uh, Amsala warns you cryptically ahead of time. Um, and <laughs> uh, so uh, the 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 docking area is kind of like a tunnel. Um, so what you're describing, Quentin, actually makes makes plenty of sense in there. Um, but just so everybody else knows, you can disembark the ship and start interacting with the station already. Mm. So that's what you're doing, Quentin. That's fine. Uh, Vangi. Um, I think I will um, disembark the ship and start trying to get the, the, the lay of the land. Um, trying to. Well, as you do that, perfect, perfect segue. Then you, uh, you disembark and you see what appears to be a massive lever that seems uh, connected to how to power, um, like how to use this stellar engine. Oh, well, um, never there was there a whatever, job for than a giant lever that needs pushing. 
yeah, these whoever these people were, they were they were large. Cool. Well, lucky me. The people who designed this. I'm also large, so I will try to uh, <laughs> to get this open. Athletics. Sweet. And that is one of the required skill checks of this. Fantastic, because it is uh, by far my best skill. Um, I rolled pretty mediocrely, though, so it's going to be a 19. Uh, all right. Um, so you you move it, and it starts to start up a little bit, but um, it actually so – you, you put it in basically the wrong gear, oh. which you didn't even know was a thing you could do. Um, and you start flooding the compartments with, uh, I don't know, let's call it tachyons. Um, and um, uh, Before she even pulls the lever. <laughs> um, uh, causes everyone to experience minor time distortions, um, which throws things off. It's like, wait a minute, didn't I just do that? Like, you're not sure you're having deja vu or like you flickered like two seconds into the future. It, it just minor stuff, but it does mean that uh, because you did fail that check, um, there will be a minus two penalty on the next two skill checks uh, rolled, and the ship suffers some damage. Sorry, guys. Oh, no. So I did reset your hull points and shields and all of that uh, from from previously. Uh, so in this case, uh, the ship is going to take uh, thirty-one damage to the aft um which will i believe blow away the 20 points of shields and then start dealing whole damage after that and uh actually the ship does suffer a uh glitch to life support oh, crap. um it's okay for right now but anything that would uh apply to to that system is at a minus two penalty and it will require repairs later and if things get too bad um you know that it can start causing other problems uh so if someone just notes that uh life support is glitching yep i put it at the bottom of the document i think great because just so you know is a kind of like a reminder on starships uh they have a certain uh I think it's called hull threshold or damage threshold, excuse me, damage threshold, which is how many, um, or, okay, critical threshold. There we go. Uh, which is how many hull points uh, you go through before you suffer a, um, a critical effect. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. I'm lying. Uh, the, the ship's critical threshold is 21, which um, the hull only took 13. Uh, so, um, because the ships took, or the shields took 20 off the top. So 31 minus 20 is only 13. So you don't suffer that life support glitch. Okay. Uh, We're still looking at the, uh, minus two bonus or minus two penalty for just the failed. Yep. For the next two checks that are made, uh, which will come up right now. Skritic. Oh, crap. Uh, let's see. Um, so that athletics check still needs to be made at some point. It doesn't have to be made <laughs> by you. Um, you can also tell, looking around here, that someone is going to have to make an engineering check. Okay, then, yeah, I will try to do the engineering to uh, see what I can figure out about this thing and see what we need to do to interface or whatever. Sounds control. good. Yeah. <laughs> so here goes nothing. 34. 
hey, that's great. Uh, you have succeeded. You can you can interface with this thing. Um, it seems to want you basically in a, a little it's going to make a stellar energy tunnel and it needs the ship to be configured in a specific way uh, within it. And it, um, by the way, uh, you guys are not the only ones doing this as, as you realize Amsala and everybody else is, is hustling and kind of watching you guys and figuring out what to do. People are shouting back and forth. Um, uh, Amsala is laughing. She seems to know, she seems to have done this before. <laughs> all right. Yep. Relay all that to everyone else and coordinate. All right. Uh, so that was successful. Uh, Amu. Uh, Vengi needs help with the uh, big lever. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yep. Gonna write her up. Uh, he can do it. He's, I was say I'm was buff. Yeah, he's slow. Yeah, I could, I could write her up, or I could just attempt it myself. Uh, you will take a minus two penalty, um, because there's still the tachyon interference. Can I do an assist for Vengi for her next? Absolutely, you can. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do then. Sure. I will let you, uh, so you're going to, like, team lift the thing when that happens? Yeah. Okay. Great. Do you want me to do the roll now? Uh, Sure. Yes, that'd be great. 22. Okay. Um, So that will be an assist on Vangie's next uh, attempt. Uh, Bob. um, Yeah. Does the ship need to be in a particular position? Do we need to dock with this thing? Yes. Um, Uh, that, That would be, I mean... Theoretically, you could just hope everything works out, um, but it's probably better for you to position it correctly. Yeah, I'm going to use my piloting to get us aligned exactly where we need it so that uh, team engineering can do the configurations correctly. Great. Then uh, make a piloting check. You get a plus two bonus from Quentin, and uh, you are not under any penalties because two other people have already made their check. Uh, so that'd be a 24. Yeah, that's good enough. Um, it, it is tricky uh, to to maneuver this, but uh, you are successful. Um, so you can get the ship in the right position. Uh, Hakibino. Okay. Um, before the tachyon field completely dissipates, uh, Hakibino is going to kind of like... Uh, like do a weird spin, flex his knees and put his arms out like he's hugging someone. And then like two more Hecubinos are going to appear. And it's like, all right, Hecubino from a future where we succeed and Hecubino from a future where we don't succeed. Hit me with it as fast as possible. (laughs) And basically he's going to try to formulate a plan using this like temporal nonsense to, to navigate it. Nice. Uh, How about a mysticism check? Does that seem... That sounds good to me. Uh, 24. Yeah. Um, uh, one of them says, um, Quentin ruined everything. And the other one <laughs> says, uh, yeah, Vengi uh, pulled the lever. <laughs> All right. I can work with this. 
Uh, Quentin, you're up. Well, now I'm sad. <laughs> I, I don't want to do anything and ruin everything. Quentin, you can do this. Believe in yourself. You're the best around. You're, you're the really best. You're round or spherical. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you're the best and round. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the Hecubino that believes in you, not the other guy. Okay. That's right. So, there are no horses, so I can't use diplomacy. Yes. Um, there's really, is there anything that is not really a bluffing? No. This is going to be a, like a, so, we have to do an engineering check. Um, so, Skritik did make an engineering check. Okay. Now, engineering could still be helpful. Um, it is still an applicable skill, but it would be more like a way of assisting uh, Vangi than the yeah. like itself. The the required check of like basically configuring the ship's systems to mm. be able to withstand the stellar energy that's about to receive. Uh, right. Skritik did that. Right, and I know I know nothing about engineering. I mean, I mean I'm an entertainment lawyer. <laughs> um, that's true. I mean, if you want to sell the story of of, sure. of your thing, that's fine. Um, okay, you know what I'm going to do? What's that? I'm going to use all 18 of Quentin's senses. And I am going to use my perception to figure out what to do next and how I ruined it. All right, make a perception check. Okay, I'm going to use my sight, my hearing, uh, my... 5D sense of smell. And thermal vision. Thermal vision, right. Uh, Pressure sense. ESP. You know, people say that humans have five senses or, you know, like a sixth sense, something like that. It's not true. We have uh, way more than that. No, yeah. that's right. Modern modern scientific uh, sense says that humans actually have, like, at least a dozen senses, if not more. Yeah. Like, the ability yeah. to sense, like, where your limbs mm-hmm. are at all times, mm-hmm. things <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's a sense, yeah. Yeah, sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Oh. vision. Everybody has one. Yeah. Penetravision is important. Uh, flash vision. Yeah. Gotta have that. All right. Uh, 19. You, all right. You can tell uh, by looking around that there's um, uh, that basically the uh, the uh, interstellar parking brake was on on this <laughs> thing. And you uh, <laughs> help, uh, you're like, thank you. You have to remove that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's gonna make a weird smell. You have to you have to push the little thing at the end before you release. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot harder uh, than it thank looks. You. All right, all right. Veggie, <laughs> right. everybody's a critic. It's your action. Like flip the parking brake, stretch a little bit. You know, uh, heave in tune with Amu and try to actually move this thing and roll better than a three, hopefully. Uh, make an athletics check. This time you get a plus four bonus because two people are assisting. Hey, nice. Oh, that's a 34. Yeah, that is wildly successful. Um, and uh, it looks like some of the others have succeeded, uh, although not without their own, uh, you know, issues. Um, but fortunately, uh, you guys, because there's more of you than than everybody else, um, uh, have taken, you know, some of the like only one person total had to flip that uh, that giant lever. Um, 
Meanwhile, Amsala has uh, done a, a separate required check of inputting the coordinates Ooh. as to where you're going. Um, she jumps back into uh, the Virago and says, all right, everyone, I put in the coordinates. I have no idea where this is going to take us. <laughs> it's a fold gate, by the way, in case you care. But uh, it should still work, probably. Great. Um, and uh, the stellar engine powers up. The whole thing lights up with, you know, blue and pink and uh, to, to Quentin and, and Bob, lots of other colors that uh, most humanoid eyes can't see. Um, uh, Amu, you're sensing all sorts of fun uh, radiations. Uh, and uh, it... Uh, the, the tunnel uh, starts to um, uh, light up and you can see particles passing th uh, by and you get kind of shot for a moment uh, into space. But then this, the tunnel kind of folds in on itself um, and you feel momentarily like everything gets turned inside out, like um, imagine you're, a, I don't know, a cup made of rubber and someone just takes you flips you inside out flips you all the way around and then somehow you're back in your body back in the ship but it feels like every atom of your being has somehow been moved around itself and you're now somewhere else wow uh you can like feel the back of your your teeth really weirdly I did not like that at all. Um, uh, the the grace is uh, uh, seems to be thrilled. She seems like super excited and maybe like turbocharged with power, uh, which is good because the coordinates that you guys got dropped off into are is evidently in the middle of a binary red and white dwarf. Uh, star system that are also pulsars. Uh, oh. So uh, you are in a nebula that looks something like that. Ooh, pretty. There you go. Um, so uh, you know, nebulas are are gas and dust um, that surround uh, uh, star systems. Um, in this case, uh, there's kind of those twin nebulas. Uh, because of the binary system that they're uh, moving around. So from a distance, it kind of looks like a, a cat's eye, um, it, but in red and, and purple and green instead of the traditional cat colors. Um, as you uh, are kind of immediately thrown with your existing um, uh, speed and, and momentum uh, into the system itself, uh, you get to see some binary pulsars uh, themselves, which look a little something like that. Uh, one is a white dwarf, which is a, a small, very, very dense star. The other is a red dwarf. Um, the white dwarf has is more luminous. Yeah, okay. The red dwarf is is darker. Um, 
And however, it, it, you know, they're they're in a system where you know they're orbiting each other, and everything else is also orbiting them at the same time. But these have turned into pulsars. Um, in this case, meaning they are blasting forth visible cosmic rays. Uh, that are so powerful they can fry the ship's electrical systems and maybe hurt you guys within. Uh, you And it's blasting them at all sorts of intervals. Are they regular intervals? You're not sure, but you have to avoid them uh, while uh, plotting in your, your the next set of coordinates uh, from Amsala. So the challenge continues, uh, and we had left off with Skritik. So Skritik, what do you do as the ship is being uh, assaulted by uh, cosmic radiation? <laughs> and, and and space debris, I'll point out too. The, the Those nebula clouds, they look really pretty, but they're full of like tiny asteroids that can still uh, <laughs> smash into the ship. Yes. Um, this might be a bit of a weird fit but uh could i somehow use like either acrobatics or sleight of hand to get the timing to uh shoot the uh thrusters and whatnot in micro increments to believe it or not i have shoot. acrobatics specifically listed um as an applicable skill go for it all right i will do that Let's say pull up my character sheet back. I don't know why. As no, Quentin look at the nebula. shakes his, you know, dagger fist at you. Nice. 35. Oh, perfect. Yep. It's it's a lot of that, like, intuition as to when to jump, when to when to pause, wh- like how to leap, things like that. But controlling the the uh, uh, ship thrusters and stuff like that, um, help, kind of helping out uh, with piloting as well. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, that was successful. Amu, what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> well, um, you are quite smart, and knowing things about uh, stellar phenomena yeah, may help. Gonna do physical science to figure out how to what we need to do to get around Absolutely. all of this extra nonsense. Physical science uh, can tell you a lot about pulsars, including very rare binary pulsar systems. Oops. That didn't work. <laughs> 24 yep that's also good um yeah you uh you are able to plot out there's no way a system like this doesn't have a pattern um now it can be incredibly complex um but you can start you know maybe you know bring in grace um she she's probably very good at, at plotting these things out and you are also excellent at it um uh at determining what pattern the pulsars are firing at and if you can convey that information quickly enough uh that could let you kind of escape this thing's uh gravity while still uh flying the course that's been set so that's quite helpful uh bob yeah i'm going to uh take that information that uh that Amu discovered from the pulsars and their periodic pulsings and rotations and everything. And I think I'm going to have to once again, use piloting to see if I can just shoot through uh, this, this section. Yep. That is one of the required checks of this uh, particular section. So go for it. Boom. 36. Perfect. You punch it and um, 
uh, a, Grace actually gives like a good deal of power. She still has uh, a bit of that that uh, cosmic boost uh, from the stellar engine, um, and you shoot off um, into uh, a different direction of space. Um, and uh, you, you're for a moment you are you have like a second to breathe until you see a section of space um, ahead of you that is not surrounded by stars, but a field of portals. And these portals look something like this. Um, So they're all like lots of little black hole portals surrounded in bright, shimmering lights. Um, As you approach, uh, Grace will tell you on the sensors, those those aren't lights. Uh, they're um, interstellar mushrooms. Uh, each one of them is ringed by um, some set of strange mushrooms uh, growing out of sp- like space nebulas themselves. Um, they have a distinctly otherworldly look to them. Mm. Heck, you beano. Do I know anything about interstellar mushrooms? Uh, well, so there's two different angles you could approach on that. There's um, maybe a life science check, mm-hmm. um, uh, or you could focus more on like the otherworldliness of it and make a mysticism check. Okay. I, I did a mysticism last turn. Can I do another one? You can. Okay. Uh, I'll do that. I'll try to gather information from my uh, past experiences and also some analysis doing right now about the mystical mushrooms. Cool. Uh, 24. Yep. Uh, That is good enough. Uh, So these are stellar fairy rings. Um, And they will transport you into uh, the, the first world dimension. Uh, which is to say, phase space. Sweet. Um, now, uh, of all of these portals, almost all of them are traps that will transport you somewhere terrible. Um, but you have succeeded on the required mysticism check uh, and know uh, from the coordinates you can you you have to be very very careful um, and kind of replot things out. Uh, but you can basically a lot of them are going to try to be the portal you take. Um, but uh, the, the kind of last one you choose uh, is the right one. Hecubino is going to run over and presumably there's some on screen something with all the portals. And he's yeah. going to like basically take a marker and draw like lines over some of them. And the circles are on some of them so that it's like this like weird eldritch diagram which like very clearly centers, uh, even though it's like off center, into the one that we're supposed to be going to. And he'll say, "Sorry, Grace, I'll clean that later." That's okay. <laughs> you guys uh, start flying uh, through that portal, and um, it as soon as you you uh, pierce the surface of that portal, um, 
your hair kind of stands on end. Uh, momentarily, you experience like a lack of gravity. Um, and uh, everything just goes quiet for a moment. You all look around. And then uh, for no reason, um, and this is true also for, for the dwarves and uh, Amsala and even Santanax, um, uh, the comms all just fill with laughter and uh, you guys all start spontaneously laughing as well uh, for, for no known reason. But then you um, uh, come out the other end of the portal and you are in uh, the first world dimension, otherwise known as Fey space, uh, which looks a little something like that. Um, Fey space is a, a strange realm that only incidentally obeys the known laws of physics. Uh, the space itself appears to be alive with floating plants and animals glowing with green or orange or pink bioluminescence all over the place. Uh, there are moons that are hovering way too close to planets, but then those moons themselves are orbited by smaller moons, and then those have even smaller moons orbiting them. Uh, one, the, the tide of one planet uh, seems to take its ocean all the way around its moon until the water settles back into the planet on the other side, leaving one part of the planet very arid, while the other side is constantly being inundated by lunar magical waterfalls that look really pretty. Uh, there's a small sun in the distance that has a very distinct face, and it winks at you as you fly by. Are you sure it's not the Super Mario Galaxy? <laughs> uh, uh, then... Right back at you, the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I just wave. Two scoops of raisins. Um, Did anybody then... just see a guy with pointy ears and a guy with pointy teeth in a boat? <laughs> uh, there are a trio of things that start following you that look something like that, uh, which is to say... Uh. Um, Eerily, uh, I don't know, alien, um, but distinctly fey creatures. They have bright green or blue eyes um, and a, a strange line on uh, as their mouth, but no other facial features. Um, very pale, uh, taut, uh, white or gray skin, um, three fingers. They fly. Um, they're like nine feet tall but probably only weigh about 75 pounds um and they their body kind of loosely becomes that weird cloak uh that you see uh billowing um at at their legs or, or feet area but they seem to just fly effortlessly around um and there's a certain um kind of like opalescence to that cloak as it as you know they it like an iridescent material where it shines a bunch of different colors depending on the light that's catching it. And uh, they seem to be following you. Hostily or just curiously? Yeah, you know, that sounds like somebody's skill check, but <laughs> the next person up is Quentin. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to sense their motive. That seems legit. Right. That seems like the kind of thing that that yeah, would be very useful here. Um, actually, what Quentin is going to do is he's going to quickly tell Bob a series of maneuvers 
to see if they're following us in an amused manner or if they're chasing us in the hopes of ripping out our guts and souls and central processing units and eating them as we all watch in grave horror. All right. That, while doing that, I shall sense their motive, and I will roll a 27 so to do. Excellent. So um, these creatures, uh, whatever they are, uh, they look kind of like fey angels, weirdly. They're very strange. Fey angels. Um, uh, but um, as you start uh, assessing them, um, they start singing. Um, and it's a strange, like they don't use words. Uh, they don't even open their mouths. Um, but you, there's like a strange harmonics to it. Um, quite, quite eerie and quite beautiful. Um, you get the impression from their eyes and their mouth, uh, that these are creatures in search of entertainment. Um, and that they are willing and wish to be amused, um, but that they're also certainly capable of uh, doing great harm uh, to you if they so chose. I jettison all nine seasons of the Facts of Life on DVD. <laughs> uh, so what do you convey? Quickly. Bob, they want to be entertained. Give them a show. All right. Well, it is not Bob who acts next. It is Vangie. <clears throat> Uh, how to give them a <laughs> show? Give them a gun show. Yeah, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, is, do I think they can like? Are you not entertained? <laughs> um, and do I think that they can punch see somebody inside the ship, or like, is there a way to broadcast like what is going on inside the ship that like out to them? There's certainly broadcasting mechanisms, yeah. All right, then she's going to run to, like, the holographic amusement suite and start trying to, like, broadcast from there, um, basically, like, showing off her uh, workout routine and, like, some of the goofier, like, our drifters' outtakes and, and, uh, and be like, tell me if they look amused, and I'll exchange and change up the programming. Uh, so, um, I would allow a bluff or diplomacy check. Um, not bad at this. Um, you could theoretically make an athletics check, but that I would say would have to be like an assist. Um, you'd be basically like playing your, your programming of yourself, of like, you know, your workout routines, which seems to mildly amuse them, but. Um, that would be more like an assist role than than amusing them directly. Fair enough. Um, I make like an engineering check to like create like a little um, I don't know montage of stuff for them. Yeah, using uh, controlling the uh, the holographic amusement yeah. chamber with an engineering mm-hmm. check. Yeah, that's totally fine. I'll do that. Eh, not great. Seventeen. Unfortunately. They are not entertained by you accidentally uh, send the um, the video from uh, the person who went insane. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, <the, laughs> um, and, uh, and they are not entertained. Uh, so. Sorry, guys. My skills are uh, not very good. For the next two checks, uh, there will be a minus two penalty as the their um, uh, sonic uh sounds like their their song 
becomes um, deeply discordant and unsettling, uh, basically throwing all of you guys off. Uh, so for the next two checks, um, uh, which will be Skritic and Amu again, uh, you take a minus two penalty. And then, uh, let's see here, Vangi and Vangi and Skritic. Please give me will saving throws. Okay. Uh-oh. Let's see. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Is it a save versus fear or a save versus a spell or spell like ability? Spell, yes. Fear, no. 16. Okay. 12. All right. Where's... Well, I've got good news and I've got better news. Um, you are both charmed. Oh boy by uh these things uh which you now uh inst- want to call deep angels like angels of the deep void um so you're both charmed by them and you have now become deep angel fanboys and are obsessed with them uh and this effect uh is persistent that is to say like it does not go away when you leave face space it will not end when uh the skill check is over you now have an intimacy deep angels and want to learn everything about them <laughs> I'm going to get really um, into cryptids. This is, if, have you ever seen the movie? Um, yeah, I was just about to say, that's exactly what I was saying. I was gonna, I'm going to get really into cryptids. Great. I was really hoping somebody failed to check on this Perfect. section. I was really, really hoping I'm going to take a charcoal painting. It's going to be nothing but good news. All right. Skritic. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, oh, by the way, though, uh, Vanky, you have determined that some form of entertainment check is required okay. uh, to, to... I shall say, Quentin, entertain Also, them. I need you to stop taking all the trash cans into the living room to build the monument. <laughs> we have two monument builders on the ship now. <sighs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, would a culture check to try to determine what would entertain them be applicable? Sure. A culture check's fine. I will also let you know that flying through this space is quite hazardous because it is filled with living things. Like there are spores the size of oh. asteroids here um, and like, you know, gigantic uh, planet sized uh, flora and stuff like that, just so you're aware. But okay. you can certainly make a culture check. That's that's fine by me. Or if I can do a survival check to try to you can you know, do scare us away check. from the most dangerous things, yes. And, you know, After all, we wouldn't want to hurt our new friends, so we need to steer them to safety. Sounds good. Uh, 37. <laughs> yeah, that's a success. There you go. <laughs> all right. Good work, Skritic, even with the minus two penalty. I don't think oh, yeah. uh, that's going to make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were born to navigate this ship through phase uh, space uh, on behalf of the Deep Angels. <laughs> yes. uh, it's been your dream as long as you remember being here. <laughs> uh, Amu. Uh, I guess we are the entertainment. Um, would like to use culture? Sure. 18? 
unfortunately, um, what so what it what when you're you're trying to kind of assess their sense of humor, is that yeah. fair? Like in sense of amusement? Yeah. Start with something. Start with Amu's current knowledge on Faye. See what sticks. Doesn't work. Pull something else. Throw another thing out there. Just throw things out until something actually works. Well, um, uh, you you try, uh, you know, entertaining them with various maybe videos uh, uh, from from Infosphere shows, things like that. Um, but it doesn't seem to translate well, and their um, siren song uh, elevates in pitch to the point where uh, your humanoid companions start bleeding from their ears, um, and you start having uh, you know cells pop all along your body. Um, yeah. So uh, everyone, take four. Uh, actually, give me a um, fortitude save first of all. Is this still a spell? Uh, this is not. All right. I rolled so, a nat 20 on me. That's awesome. Uh, Bob, you're unaffected. Everybody else, if you rolled a 20 or higher, uh, you take 7 damage. Mm-hmm. If you rolled less than 20, uh, you take 14. Okay. Um, and... Uh, for the next two checks, so uh, that was Amu, so Bob and Hecubino, you will also take a minus two penalty on your skill checks. Okay. Uh, Bob. Oh, the, the song is uh, very interesting, and I know what will really make these deep angels happy is some accompaniment. So I will uh, flip on the external loudspeakers on the, uh, on the ship. And just start wailing away with some music from my collection that harmonizes with them and gives them a good beat uh, to dance to. And I will use computers for that. Ooh, I like that. Synth sure. DJ. Scan through. 21 DJ. minus 2, 19. That, they still, they, I, I think uh, uh, you have chosen something that they particularly like which is music. Um, so that offsets the penalty that you were, uh, ah, okay. you were receiving. Um, and uh, that is successful. Um, so you have started to entertain them. You guys still, um, they kind of appear ready to guide you places. And it does seem like they can, they can fly at the speed of your ships, uh, which is strange because ships are quite fast relative to individual creatures, but they seem to have no trouble keeping pace with you. Um, so, uh, they, there's still m- more you can do in terms of interacting with them, gaining information from them, but you also have to navigate your way through Fey space. Um, but that was successful, uh, Bob. They do like the music, and they immediately start adjusting their own uh, song to um, no longer cause you know ear bleeding uh, and match your synth music instead. Nice. Hecubino. Uh, Hecubino will see that they enjoy the music and he will take uh, the the comms and basically like a um, yeah, like a radio thing with like a little press button and uh, be like, all right, that was 
uh, Android Android Revolution. And now, <laughs> up for something else. And he'll, like, motion for Bob to play something. It's like, yeah. but while this song gets kicking, let me ask you something. Does anybody know the way out of face space? You could be the one to lead the squeaky clean out of this mess. <laughs> ah, classical music. Mm. Nice. Um, I actually have profession MC. Wait, really? That's incredible. <laughs> well, all right, then uh then for that you get to make a check with advantage. So roll twice, take the better. That's just okay. too good. I'm sorry. Uh that that's thirty two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll keep that. So, uh, yeah, uh, you do take a minus two penalty, but that still leaves you with a 30. Oh, yeah. um, so that is awesome. And uh, they uh, now they start. First of all, you now realize that their song is telepathic um, and that it's interfacing with the ship's sensors. Mm. Um, and uh, it quickly occurs to you that they can kind of control what the ship sees. Um, and you might want to be stationed next to, um, like the actual glass, um, and like not rely on view screens or anything like that, because although they, they seem to be kind of helpfully guiding you now, um, it occurs to you that these things could, could drastically alter what a ship sees, um, very easily with their songs. Um, and cause all sorts of other electromagnetic interference, those sorts of things. Uh, so that was success. Uh, back around to Quentin. So they're no longer killing us loudly with their song. <sighs> Are they? Uh, they seem to almost have finished guiding you where they're going, but it's really hard to tell in face space because mm -hmm. you don't know. Um, uh, exactly, you know, like it could be your, the end, the destination could be around the corner or mm -hmm. it could be, uh, you know, a million miles away. Hmm. I wonder, I don't know if that would do anything. I was like, I wonder <clears throat> if I could communicate with him. Using, nah, eh, Rodrigo just did that. Okay, yeah, it's a thing. Um, I don't know what to do, guys. Help me, give me, throw me a, throw um, me a lifeline. Help so, you could uh, have some kind of uh, perception of uh, how much further yeah, we have. How's your perception? I do have. I mean, that. you can help the ship translate the visual information that it doesn't seem to be able to do with computers. Yeah. You Ooh. could also um, try to make friends with them, uh, communicating with them good. in some way, uh, diplomatically. So there's there's a lot Ooh. of there's a lot of good options here. I think I will communicate with them diplomatically. I will attempt to communicate with them and say, "Hey, cool duders, we uh, was wondering." Well, I probably won't talk like that. I'll probably talk in a way much more fae-like. How do fae talk? Uh, try hoity-toity. Hoity-toity. Hello, I am Quentin, and I would like to know if you can help us to understand. Um, so instead, <laughs> why don't you tell me what kind of emotions you're trying to communicate? 
I'm trying to communicate openness and friendliness, but also a need to go somewhere, a desire to go somewhere cool and entertaining. And perhaps they could help us, but also we want them to hear the awesome music, but we we have to go. Wanderlust. And, Perfect. Make yes. your diplomacy check. Yep. That's a 22. They, uh, Faye, like, like the sound of how your wanderlust <laughs> feels. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, again, you kind of say the words and you, like, act it out because you don't know how to communicate any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get the sense when they're looking at you and again their eyes and mouth are really expressive but despite the fact that they have no other facial features um Mm. their eyes like twinkle with amusement and emotion um and uh they seem to like even though they don't move their head you get like the impression of nodding from them they're like oh yeah you have to move along and also this isn't the place for you this place will tear you apart eventually um, and so they trend, uh, guide you through another portal, uh, back into normal space. Um, and so ends your brief encounter with the deep angels, which is all oh! too brief for Skritik and Vangie. I'll find you again. Skritik is like scratching images in the hall. <laughs> I surprised them by pulling out a collection of their greatest hits. <gasps> And last but not least, uh, you guys emerge into this, a hypernova Uh. in process, which is a supernova and a supermassive black hole uh, happening basically at the same time. And it is uh, surrounded by fields and fields of debris, starships that have been wrecked, um, planets that have been wrecked, planets that are actively being pulled apart and um the uh it's kind of ring of red around it and there are flying monsters and spaceships uh that seem to be throwing people or uh tossing ships uh into uh this uh hypernova slash black hole thing um that is according to grace spewing forth antimatter that's destroying everything around it. Uh, and that is, I think where we will leave things <gasps> off. Wait, if it's antimatter, does that mean it doesn't matter? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking us out this week. We're going to be back next time to find out what happens. If we're going to survive this next leg of our journey and how we're going to take down all the bad people that have uh, ruined our lives. And, uh, Maybe uh, we should all give a little uh, thoughts of gratitude to the Deep Angels for guiding us out of the uh, phase zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, gratitude. That's what it is. Just like we are very grateful that you, dear listeners, are checking us out each and every week. We'll be back. And because you are all wonderful, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. Take care. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.